Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. We're going to continue on into uh, our passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy. If you've not been with us, we are going through uh, the book of Timothy. And we're just going kind of verse by verse uh, over the last uh, really several, I guess we started in January. So we've been in it for quite a while now. Um, And I hope that it's been something that's been encouraging and been a blessing to you. I personally have enjoyed my study in it. And I pray that you have gotten something out of it as well. But this passage this morning is really going to be... I don't know the best way to say it or, or any of those things, but it's one of those... It's a passage that I haven't really spoken too much as far as end times go uh, in my uh, few years uh, speaking and leading Oasis Baptist Church. And today's really not going to be a sermon just on end times, but in First Timothy chapter number 4, it does begin to get into some of those things in a couple areas. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. So I know that it's going to be a little bit of a different sermon based on uh, sometimes I get up here and I preach and it's it's me screaming, it's me pumped up, it's me uh, having been deeply convicted because of different things. If you were here last week, that was kind of where I was. Um, this morning is much more, uh, I don't know if it's educational, but it's much more of that type of a sermon. And so I pray that it's something that we can... If nothing else, the intent this morning is that we would wrap our minds around and recognize and understand the days and age in which we live. Um, and so, I, again, I pray that it would be something that would be of encouragement to you. But since creation, earth has been a battleground, a battleground between God and Satan. God's call to mankind is for them to respond to his word. And Satan is trying to lure them with the lies and deception that he has. And this goes all the way back to the beginning. We could start in Genesis and we could look through how Satan, uh, as a serpent, went in and he he tempted and he gave uh, Adam and Eve just kind of a little bit of a couple nuggets. Hey, God certainly isn't this and God really isn't this. And God, God just doesn't want you to know these things because if you did, then you would be more like him. And so he started way back in the beginning. So since creation... This has been going on. And today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the falling away of the faith. We'll be talking about this word apostasy. Again, I'm not going to use that word a lot, but that's the context. That's the thought behind what we're looking at. And apostasy is simply this. The deliberate and permanent rejection of Christ or Christianity after a previous profession in it. So what we're looking at in the context of what we're looking at this morning, these are people who many of them like you or I would have been a part of the church and who are now leaving the church. They've left the church. I no longer, uh, I'm I'm not a Christ follower. I don't, I don't believe them. I'm denying that Christ took place. And that's kind of what we're looking at here this morning. And it says in verse number one of chapter number four, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart. In the latter times, some will depart. And as we look at that thought this morning, that some will depart. And it says even more so, it says, by or from the seducing spirits, 
or the doctrines of devils, those lies, hypocrisy, a conscience, uh, a seared conscience is what it says. Among them, those are things that are mentioned in these next few verses that we're looking at. People that are drawn away, people that are pulled away by seducing spirits, by the doctrines of devils. And then it says there again, by speaking of lies, by hypocrisy, by having their consciences seared with the hot iron. And so as we look at this passage this morning, I believe for a couple reasons that there's a lot of importance to this. But one of them being just the simple fact we spoke last week uh, at the end of chapter number three our duty as a believer to evangelize, to go and to share and to tell and to teach. If we can't get to a place in 2016 where we recognize that we are close to an end and that God is not far from saying this is over, I, we need to have a, a, that should be a burden on our hearts. That the times are near And as believers, if we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and we believe all of those things, then we know and we recognize that time, the end times are coming closer and closer and closer. And if we choose to do nothing with it, shame on us. So for no other reason this morning, as we look at this passage of scripture, if we can recognize and understand that we're, we're coming to the end and we, we can see some of these things in so many different areas of our culture, that should be a burden on our heart, a, a conviction of our heart based on sharing of God's word. I'll, I'll, I'll use this passage of scripture, King Amaziah in Second Chronicles. I believe the passage is up on the, on the screens here, but King Amaziah, Second Chronicles 25, says this, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. If we just stopped there, most people would go, that is awesome. He did that which was right in God's eyes. But it says this, but not with the perfect heart, not with the pure heart. So King Amaziah did the right things. He acted the right ways. He did what many of us do on a very regular basis is he went to church. And I'm walking this way because my voice is losing. He did what many of us do on a very regular basis. And he went to church and he said the right things and he acted the right ways. But he did not do so with a pure heart. And because his heart was not pure, if we continue this passage of scripture in verse number 14, it says, it came to pass after that Amaziah was come from slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the children of Seir and he set them up to be gods or to be his gods. And he bowed down himself before them and he burned incense unto them. What did he do? See, it wasn't seared in his heart. It wasn't burnt in his heart. It wasn't done from a pure heart. And so when the next great thing came up, when the next situation came up, he said, oh, look at those things. Those are really good. And I think I'm going to do that. And so now he bows himself to a false God and to a false idol. And in verse number 27, it says, now after that time or after the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord. So if we were to start that passage, we'd be like, wow, that's awesome. He did which was right in the sight of God. But not with the pure, perfect and pure heart. So many people today, churches are full all over this country, doing which is right in the sight of God, but not doing it with a perfect and a pure heart towards God. 
because it looks good, it feels good, it's the right thing to do, so on, and, or so to speak. And this morning as we look at this, my thought this morning is this. We have to, we have to, and I'll be, I'll be real honest. There may be some people in this room that would walk away today being angry at some of the things that I'll say. Because of the society and the culture in which we live. We have got to get to a place where we are honest with ourselves and we are honest with God and his word and what he says. Because most of you in this room, if I were to throw out different religions, you would say, well, I have family members that fall, fall into that religion. And you would say, that's not a doctrine of the devil. God's word says it's a doctrine of the devil. Most people in this room, and I would in some regards be, be one of those people that have different times said, well, they are good people. Hey, they may be great people, but they are speaking Satan. They're speaking things of the devil. We don't like to say those things. It's not popular. It's not the, the vogue thing to say because we're in a politically correct society Shoot, most of our society wouldn't even say that God is the only God. And so to say that God is the only God and then to say that over there is from the devil, most people would go, ah, that's not cool in 2016, especially in America. And so we have to get to a place. And this morning, that's one of those things that we would be honest with ourselves. But most importantly, we would be honest with God and God's word when we look at these things. Now, I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll move on to my points this morning. God's Word says something about all of these things and how we are to respond to those that are involved in this, and there is a fact of love. This isn't, I'm not, and I, I'm not going to speak of any specific things in, in regards to religions and different things this morning. That's not my intent. But there is a manner in love and how we respond to that. That's not me just bla- just blasting out. Well, you're this and you're just dying and going to hell and you're worthless. I mean, no, that's, there's a matter of love and how we handle these things. But it is the fact of life that God's word is what God's word is. And we either stand on it or we don't. We're either for it or we're against it. And we today have kind of gone, well, I'm for it, but I don't, I don't know that this kind of, we make gray areas where I don't think sometimes there's really gray areas in God's word. And so this morning, Luke, or Luke I almost said Luke, Luke, First uh, <laughs> Timothy, I have no idea. I'm not even looking at Luke. I have nothing on my page that says Luke. First Timothy chapter four, and we're gonna read the first five verses this morning. And it says this. Now the spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Father God, this morning I come to you.
Lord, I pray that we would take this passage of Scripture, we would take your word and make it our own that as, we, as we try to follow you. God, that we would really be honest with ourselves this morning. God, that we would recognize sometimes, though we don't intentionally do these things, we allow the small things to creep in. And it's those small things that open the door to the larger things. God, I pray that, Father, as a church, as a body, that we would uh, just have our ears open today. Lord, that we would allow you to speak to us. God, that your word would be real in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. My first point is this. It's a predictable departure. It's a predictable departure. And so as we look at this again, looking at at verse number one, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith. This isn't something that should be catching us off guard. This morning, if you are caught off guard with the things that are going on in our culture, with the things of people leaving the church and not wanting anything to do with the church and, and any of those things, if this is catching you off guard, it should not catch you off guard. This was prophesied before Timothy. It was prophesied before. But as we look at this, he says, In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. They will give heed to seducing spirits. They will, they will give in to the doctrines of the devil. It's not catching the Lord off guard. And again, I hope it doesn't catch us off guard. Seducing is, is to cause to wonder or to lead astray. If you were to leave today, turn on the news, watch the news, listen to anything today, there's a whole lot of seduction going on out in our society that is leading people astray, taking people away from God's word. If you were to go outside and and really begin to do some thinking and really begin to, to pay attention, we would have to recognize what God's word says is what's truth. What does God's word say? That we wrestle not with what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities. See, sometimes we go, ah, that's just weird. And that's real. The warfare that we are in is real. I know I can't see spirits. I know that I don't, I don't recognize sometimes, but the reality is God's word says that that is what's taking place. And so much of that is taking place today. And I know we don't like to say it, but people are victim to demonic spirits and lies from the depths and the pits of hell. And that is done through people. It's done through people. The enemy has his... Legions, his people that are out working, and he does that through us. Just like God works through you and me to be the, to be the hands and feet of Christ, it's the same thing on the other end. That's the enemy that we're facing, but we have to recognize that. False teaching is just people who have been led the wrong way, but it is the doctrine of the devil. It's the enemy's plan to divert and to lead people from Christ. One of the statements that I read this week in my study, it says, we are to rescue those under the influence of false teaching like we would snatch a stick out of the fire, being careful not to get burned ourselves. I just thought that was awesome. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, here's kind of how God's word speaks of apostasy and how God's word deals with this. And I'm not reading this whole passage. There's about six or seven uh, verses, but Deuteronomy 13, 12 through 18 says this, or in Aaron's version, Basically, if anybody leaves from among us, 
If the people from within leave from among us, if you go out and you want to do your own thing and then you begin to pull people in and you begin to deceive people and to bring people into your religion or what you're, what you're going in, God's word says in Deuteronomy that you should, you should investigate, you should look into that, and then you should, you should deal with it. God's word says using the sword. He says use the sword. That's to kill. Cut it out. So he says to use the sword. And then he says, he goes even further. Take the cattle, take everything that they own, kill it, and then pile it together and burn it all. Get rid of it. You can't have any of that in the church. And so he says that in Deuteronomy. Today we can look at so many different things. I'll give you one this morning as I get into my next point. But one of those things just really is just a few hundred years old. Evolution. It's not, a, it's not something that's been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But evolution is one of those things that the more and more that it takes steam, it's given rise to so many different things. Humanism being one of them. In the new world that, that would be uh, that's being built, so to speak, the new world order, I guess you could say maybe, but it's, it's man being its own God. That the state, the government would be supreme. Let me ask if you see any of this taking place right now. That religions would be brought together to form a common creed. Let me inform you, if you don't think that this is already happening, it is. Do you know how many times I've been asked and invited to go to the meeting of religious leaders? We'll just get them all together and we'll, because we're, we're all religious leaders and we're all trying to do good things. Well, we're all trying to do good things, I guess. It's happening. But I guarantee you all those religious leaders together aren't, doing this. That's kind of where we're at. How about the production or the a superior being, a genetic design? How about children being taught some of these things from the earliest stages of education? We got to get them when they're young. You might say, this is crazy, dude, you've lost your mind. I'm just sharing with you, these things have to take place in order for the Antichrist to come in, which is what we're looking at. And I'm really not trying to be a weird conspiracy theorist. That's really not who I am. But God's word says what's coming and what we're facing right now. We live not too far removed from what we would call the Holocaust in Germany, right? Right? All of what I'm just saying took place in Germany, which is how millions of people lost their lives. The state took over. They integrated education from a young age, and they told those kids what to believe. And they all thought it was acceptable because they were the superior race. They were for putting all these people together and killing them. That was a country of people. Hey, it's happening. It's all a part of the process. Look in our own 
day and age, and this is stuff that's been going on, but astrology, witchcraft, demonism, psychic phenomena, supernaturalism, hauntings, extrasensory perception, spiritism, worship of Satan, and on and on and on and on. These are things that are giving way to people falling away, leaving the church. The second point this morning is the deceptive nature. It says, verse number two, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Lies and hypocrisy are at the heart of deception. But if we were to really look at God's word, what does God's word say who Satan is? What is he? He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He is all of those things. I don't think I need to tell you this, but I'll remind you of this. He doesn't care for you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't want for you to succeed. He wants to take you and make you miserable and pull you away from God's word and from God. If you have recently accepted Christ, he wants all that he can to say, just go back and do that thing one more time. Hey, you can just do it one more time. Hey, just give in a little bit here. It's okay if you have this thing in your life because you can give God all of this. I'll just, just keep this a hold. Just keep that for you. He doesn't care. He doesn't love you. The enemy isn't only teaching and proclaiming that Jesus... Here's, here's what's, what's... And this, is, this will lead kind of into the next point and I promise we'll be done early enough so that we're out of here normally with communion. I promise. But here's, here's where we're at. The enemy isn't in this church saying Jesus isn't the Son of God. The enemy isn't in this church with people shouting out just blatant false doctrine. Because that's not where he's at. You're going to stand here and say, if I were to say this morning and I were to come in here and I was going to start teaching that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. This is a, he's a great man and he did great things. Most of you would stand up and you'd walk out of here and you'd go find you a church. As you should. That's not how he's working. He's working in lies and hypocrisies and the undertones of so many things that most of us would go, well, that's not all that bad. Well, that's okay. But God's word says this, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having what? Their conscience seared with the hot iron. Listen, here's what that is. I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not in the medical field. I don't know if this still, I imagine it still takes place today in some regard. But basically, in the olden days, if you were to have a cut or something were to happen, they would cauterize it, they would heat it, they would mold it together, they'd bring it together, whatever that would be. And then it creates that, a hard, rough surface. It's a brand. If you've ever been branded or anything of that nature, that's what that is. That, that searing, that branding upon our heart, that branding upon our conscience that we just kind of harden over, that things just become okay. I could probably preach on a couple, two or three things right here this morning or any other time, and the hearts and the conscience of God's people today would go, I don't like what you just said. Why? Because our our conscience has been so seared. 
that even in the church, not the major things, no, but Satan doesn't work in the major things because he knows if, if the little things are broken, then this over here, will, I'll, I'll work it out. It's your marriage. Most marriages don't fall apart because of major, major things. Most marriages fall apart because somebody got upset over the small details, the the minute things that build up and 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 and all of a sudden it's... I don't know how many fights and arguments you've had with your spouse, but most of them were because of just steady build up and someone got upset. That's how... That's how the enemy works. And if we don't think that this seduction or these, these lies are happening, I'm just going to throw out a few things that I think most of you in this room would recognize or know. We use the phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid, right? Well, there was a time that a group of people drank the Kool-Aid and they all died because they believed in this man enough that they drank the poison. I just mentioned the Holocaust. Some of you would recognize the name or the town, the Jonestown. Some of you would recognize Heaven's Gate. Some of you would recognize Waco, Texas. And there's many, many others that if I just threw out these little things, that these are things that come in your mind. These are men that led groups of people to believe what the man said so much that they all committed suicide together in each one of these situations. It's happening in front of us. The seduction, the lies that we get into. My last point is the destructive content this morning. The destructive content. I know this is such a different sermon from anything that I've ever really preached. But I think that we have to recognize where we are. And I think sometimes we, we just kind of, we fail to remember. I get angry reading some of the things that I read in the news. I read a post just the other day in, on Fox News or something, I don't remember where it was, but of a, of a seven-year-old child who the school sent a deputy sheriff to their house to tell them that he could not read Bible verses to his friends at lunch. A seven-year-old child. That's our country. That's what's taking place around us. I get frustrated. I get angry. I'm like, how stupid. That's dumb. But here, here's what we can't forget. It's the day and age in which we live in all of the things that we're seeing right before our eyes have been prophesied thousands of years ago. And we have to be prepared as to how we will respond. I have to be aware. Here's what most people are not. They're not aware. Therefore, it happens to them. And then they... Before long, they're completely out of it. I didn't realize. I didn't catch it. And here's the simple stuff. Here's the destructive content. Some of you are going to go, that is silly. Here's the destructive content. Number one, in verse number three, forbidding to marry. Forbidding to marry. Somebody was bringing this stuff in the church that you cannot be married. You go, well, that's stupid. I see your faces. Some of you are going... Then it says this, and commanding to abstain from meats. 
which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving. Those are the two things that were brought before the church that Paul thought was important enough to say, hey, these are the false teachings that are coming into your church in Ephesus. Forbidding to be married and abstaining from meat. You're like, if I were to tell you that today, listen, church, we've got a major issue going on in our church. People are getting married and people are eating meat. And I was being dead serious. You would go, you have lost your mind. You might think you're going to start drinking Kool-Aid at some point. But here's why I say that. One, God's word says it. But here's, here's why some of these things are important. Well, in those days, Gnosticism was a huge thing and marriage inside of Gnosticism wasn't. So when that was coming into the church, most of us would recognize some of the Jewish dietary laws of meats and different things. That was always an issue within the, within the new churches and, and things of that nature because they were, they were trying to take human law and, and add it to what God's did, the grace of God and the mercy of God and all of those things. They were trying to pull all those things together, which God said, no, we don't need that anymore. So that's kind of one of those things. But here, let me take that just a little bit further to 2016. Because if we look at these two things today, could I not say that there's lots of churches that have gone astray because of marriage? I dare say that if I were to pull two a homosexual couple and put them right here and I were to marry them today, half of you would leave. Marriage is an issue in 2016. The fact of the matter that I say this and it's online, I could get in trouble probably in 2016. God's word though says that husband and wife... That a marriage is between one man and one woman for one lifetime. God's word says specific, but here's, here's, I'm not trying to speak on that specific thing, but marriage destroys churches today. You say, that's just a silly thing. Is it really? Because what is the enemy used inside of the church? Something silly like a marriage. Hey, it's wrong. Period. It's wrong. There may be somebody, I would, I almost guarantee with the number of people that are sitting here, there's somebody in this room that would send me an email or would be upset with me saying that. Well, they love each other. What does it hurt? That's the culture in which we live. What does it hurt? These are two people. It does not affect me. You know what? Here's the reality. God's word says it. We do it. It's not popular. But the destructive content in 2016, the destructive content 100 years ago, 200 years ago, think about our country. We are a very, very young country. But the foundations of this country were always God's word. Today, biblical literacy in America is a joke. Today, biblical literacy in the churches is not too far off from what it is outside of the churches. And so you know what? Those minor things that we would look at and go, how silly is that? Marriage? They destroy 
food, meat, meat. It's, it's not as huge of an issue today. I don't think I've had anybody ever like get angry at me because of my diet or any of those other things. We have diets. We have all of those things. Many of you go on them. But here's the reality. The enemy didn't use Jesus Christ being the Son of God as the fight and in amongst the church. He used marriage. He used the, the, the food laws. He used a lot of little things that once he gets his foot in, he can branch it and destroy. And this morning, as we go through these things, I would say, again, I'm not going to get into a lot of this just for the sake of time this morning, but if we were to look at a lot of different things this morning, even just using those two things, look at meat and food. Ah, that's silly. It is in some regards, but at the same time, I'll just give you a couple things. In the Oriental religions, which are heavily occultic, they abstain from eating meat. If you were to go into our government things today, what is one of the things that they are really pushing right now? You would all know it. They've done it recently in New York City. You can only drink this much soda. You can only have this much salt. You can only do this much this and this much that within your diet because the government is in charge and the government will tell you what is good for your body and what is not good for your body. You should probably make your own food and you should probably go organic and you should probably do this and you should probably do this. And some of this stuff, for some of you, you're, you're dietary freaks and I understand that. But here's the reality. All of those things have to do with the big global picture and the big global picture... Though those things are not bad, I know there's people in here, Fauna, you have a garden in the backyard, and there's others that have garden. We're growing pumpkins right now, and we're going to try to have pumpkins, not to eat, so we can carve out a pumpkin at Halloween time. But no, but here's the reality. When we look at some of those things, you go, that's so silly, and you're just now, you're, you're stretching and you're reaching. All of those things have occultic and have demonic oppressions on multiple things, multiple religions, multiple cults that are all integrated into our society that we don't even know or think about. Is it weird? I Honestly, I would go, yeah, that's kind of weird. You're stretching it by talking about organic food and, and some of those things. But the reality is, that's truth. It's there. Because all of these laws are still man-made laws that are held strong and very heavy in the occultic religions. I'm not saying that you can't have any of that. Please don't think that I'm, I'm not nuts like that. But we have to... We have to be aware sometimes to recognize these are the things that are going on. And you look at me this morning and you go, okay, how do you wrap this up? Here it is this morning. God's word, after he says all those things, he makes a couple statements. 
And he says those things were done in verse 3 with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And this morning we look at some of these things and we laugh about the, maybe we get upset with the, the marriage thing or we laugh about the food thing and some of those things. But the reality is this, God gave us, this is kind of a cool thing and I was studying this and I liked it so I'll use it. God gave us food. God gave us food to enjoy. God gave us marriage and he gave it to us to enjoy. Do you realize, and I think you do, there's lost people that are married and they're able to enjoy the benefits of marriage. They enjoy food. Here's what we have. God gave us those things to honor and glorify him. God gave us those things to be thankful. Sometimes we sit down at dinner table, right? Dear Holy Father, thank you for this food. Amen. And we're to be thankful for that. I know I'm not thankful enough because it's taken for granted. Well, I do it. Lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if I want something in between, I go grab it because I can. God gave us those things to enjoy. God gave me a spouse that I can enjoy and I hope she enjoys me. But he gave us those things. Why? Because it's to bring honor and glory to him. Why? Because he said in the beginning when he created it that it was good. Let me just challenge you this morning. As different of a sermon as it is, let me just challenge you. Today, we live in a culture that everything that was mentioned is taking place. Today, we live in a time where we are not far from the end. I don't know when that end is. They've been saying we're not far from the end for thousands of years. Let's just be real. But I'm watching things take place all around me. I'm watching the circles kind of go around and I'm watching all this. And as I was studying this and I was reading this, I'm thinking, wow, what do we have to do? We have to do certain things to give way to the Antichrist. And what are we going to do when we give way to the Antichrist? We are going to basically bow to this man who is going to be an incredible leader. He's going to be charismatic. He's going to be all of these things. And we as a people, all of the people in all the world are going to say, wow, look how awesome this guy is. More than ever, we're in a time where people are craving somebody to lead them. We are craving. One of my greatest concerns as a pastor, and I'm just being very honest with you, is that people crave a man to lead them, and then they worship the man that is standing in front of them. One of my gravest concerns for all of, of, of Christianity, of ministry right now, is what is one of the greatest, I don't know if it's called a fad, but one of the greatest fads amongst pastors is you've got to be taking John Maxwell's next leadership course and John this leadership thing and this leadership thing. And I'm not taking away, you have to have leadership. However, most all leadership is formed and faced and focused upon one person Leading. 
not God's word. I believe that the man of God has to be able to lead the the church. But one of my greatest concerns is that in leading, it's focused on me or it's focused on any pastor around the world. Especially today. We see that in so many different things. And so this morning as we close, I want you to think. One, where are you? How aware are you? You go, well, I would never, I would never do this. Amaziah did what was right in the sight of God, but not out of a pure heart. Let me just ask you this morning. And again, I started the question early on and I'll end it. I want you to be real honest with yourself, with God and God's word. Really, are you doing it because you just have a heartfelt conviction of God? Or is this just the cool thing? I, I, I've done the right thing by going to church. I've done the right thing because I, I give to this charity. Or I've done the right thing because I, I've done this thing or that thing. And those are all good. But is it done out of a right heart? Does this make you convicted? Man, I need to go and tell somebody. We're not far. And here, here let me share this. If I'm not far off, and it's still another 150 years before Christ comes, my heart has to be that He could come back right now. We still have to live that way. Every day, every second, every minute, recognizing that He could come back today. Don't go quitting your job. Don't go going crazy. But I still have to live in my heart. He's coming back today. Who do I need to tell? What do I need to do? Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.